are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015 and I'm a lifelong fan. Coming up on today's show, it is our Monday tradition. We're going to talk about three things we learned this weekend with the San Francisco Giants. The first thing we learned is that, is that the Giants continue to play like one of the best teams in the National League right now, and that their starting pitching continues to be what's carrying this team. The other couple of things we learned were about some injuries and roster moves, so we'll get into that later. But first, the first thing we learned that the Giants are playing like one of the premier teams in the NL, and they're doing it in a way that we didn't necessarily expect their starting pitchers have a 2.26 ERA. That's just phenomenal. It's the second best mark in all of baseball. They've thrown the second most innings of any starting pitching staff in baseball. So a lot of people kind of had the preconceived notion about Gabe Kapler that one of the things he was going to do was, you know, use a bunch of openers and or pull starting pitchers before they get to face a lineup the third time. But that is not at all what's happening here. He's riding the hot hand. The starters have been more reliable, frankly, than the relievers. So he is right. He is letting them go. So on Friday, this was the Alex Wood start. And my goodness, he was phenomenal for the second consecutive game. He's made two starts with the Giants, and they have both been unbelievable. He allowed a home run to Jazz Chisholm, the first batter of the game. And that was it. Seven innings later, Wood had just allowed the one hit and the one run. He did walk a batter, but that was the only other batter to reach base against Alex Wood in this game. So Wood, as we have said, has been a great starting pitcher in his career. The issue has been staying on the field, and sometimes he's had poor performance, but that's usually been in the years when he's bounced around with injuries, like coming on and off the I.L., so anyway, the Giants win that game 5-3. to three. Marlins got a couple of late runs in the ninth inning that made it look a little closer than it was. Two-run homer against Jake McGee that, you know, unearned runs because Wilmer Flores made a two-out error in the ninth there. Mike Yastrzemski hit an opposite field home run in that game. And anyway, the Giants suddenly had won the first two games of this four-game series. So talk about a great way to put yourself in good position to win three out of four. At least you could, of course, always sweep too. But, you know, we talked about how a four game series is tough to win, but when you win the first two, then you just try to sneak in one more win and then you've won a, th- a four game series. And that's what the Giants did. But it didn't happen on Saturday, even though they got probably their best pitching performance of the year out of Kevin Gosman, 
who went eight innings, had 11 strikeouts. Like Alex Wood, the only run he allowed was a was a solo homer. Allowed just two hits in the game. The solo homer came late. Giants had a one nothing lead with two outs in the seventh, and Gosman gave up this home run. Their offense, you know, credit to Pablo Lopez. The Giants offense just couldn't really get anything going. Yastrzemski hit another home run. So all of a sudden, Yastrzemski's starting to get hot. But as we'll learn when we talk about the other things we learned this weekend, it does look like the Giants might miss Mike Yastrzemski, might have to put him on the injured list. But anyway, on Sunday, Giants trying to win three of four, three of four. Marlins trying to split the series. Logan Webb ensured that the Giants would win that series. Pitched seven shutout innings. Kurt Casale hoping, trying to become the second catcher in Major League history to catch six consecutive shutouts. And they had it with two outs in the eighth inning. But Marlins put together a little rally against Matt Whistler, a walk and a home run. But Webb in this game went seven shutout innings. So Giants starting pitcher since the last time we talked went 22 innings and allowed two runs, two solo homers. Just unbelievable stuff. So Webb goes seven innings, no runs, eight strikeouts, didn't have his best command, also hit a two-run triple, which was hit 109 miles an hour, the fourth hardest hit ball the Giants have had all season long, and it was off the bat of Logan Webb. And it was the first time a Giants pitcher has reached base safely all season long. So we keep talking about how when you're looking at offense, you can't just look at team offense because you're counting pitchers. There's a way to just take pitchers out and then look at how are your offensive players performing. So we do that, and this is exactly why. Giants pitchers had done zero all season long, but finally they get on the board with this clutch two-run triple by Logan Webb. So anyway, we learned... You know, Giants won three out of four in this series. They're 14 and eight, second best record in the National League behind the Dodgers. They're just one game behind the Dodgers. But as you're about to find out, we also learned that they're dealing with injuries and that their depth is going to be tested. So coming up next, we're going to talk about the status of the Giants banged up, not just infield, but also outfield, as we mentioned with Yastrzemski. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out and I'm blown away by the beautiful, simple ring from Lola Fenhurst. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 1010 only at BlueNile.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
football and college basketball might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The promo code to use is Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, the second thing we learned this weekend, as promised, it's unfortunate stuff that we learned. I mean, a lot of Giants infielders and Mike Yastrzemski ended up banged up coming out of the last few days. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st. But getting back to the Giants, it's kind of you know hard to even keep up with the injuries that are going on right now. Fortunately, a lot of them seem to be minor, like Brandon Belt is dealing with minor quad tightness. Brandon Crawford is dealing with minor side rib irritation, I think his left side. Evan Longoria is dealing with minor left hamstring tightness. But, of course, Donovan Solano was put on the injured list, so that's basically the Giants' starting infield. Longoria, Crawford, Solano, and Belt all dealing with injuries and none of whom, you know, starting these games recently. It'll be interesting to see, you know, the Giants faced a lefty on Sunday. At least the starting pitcher was left-handed. He only went an inning. It was an opener. But the Giants did put out their right-handed lineup to face that lefty pitcher. But tonight against the Rockies, they're going to face another lefty in Austin Gomber, who pitched quite well against them last time he was in San Francisco a few weeks ago. But it'll be interesting to see once they face a right-handed starter if Brandon Belt and or Brandon Crawford can be in there. Because, you know, it's a good reason to rest them when they're facing a left-handed starter. But Mike Yastrzemski, this is the one I'm most concerned about because he came out of yesterday's game after hitting a double. He His at-bats have been so much better lately. Like I said, he hit home runs in back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, he had a walk and a double in three plate appearances. And we did mention in one of our mailbag questions, someone was asking about things I noticed with Yastrzemski that were leading to his slow start. And one of the things I observed looking through the numbers was that he was pulling the ball more than he did last year or the the year before, a lot more, like 55% of his balls in play were pulled versus more like 40-something, low 40s, even maybe around 40% in previous years. And pulling the ball is not bad, right? Like a lot of your power comes from pulling the ball. I'm not one of these people who says you should always just try to go the other way. But when something stands out like that, you start to wonder, is that a factor? Like, does he need to kind of try to hit some line drives the other way? And the pull power will come from that. So anyway, when he's had his success the last few days, he's been hitting rockets to the opposite field. Hit an opposite field home run. He's hit an opposite field single. Yesterday, this double was to the opposite field. So he's really coming around. 
And I just put out a note this morning on Twitter that Yastrzemski, in his last 10 games, is hitting 275 with a 326 on base and 600 slugging. That's a 144 weighted runs created plus. So imagine if that was the first 10 games of the season. There would be no panic about Mike Yastrzemski at all. I mean, 44% above league average production. But his first 10, actually 12, well, he didn't play every game. The Giants have only played 22 games. So his last 10, he's been great. So I'm guessing his first 10 or so, he was not great. I mean, I know that for a fact. But anyway, it's just funny how we overreact to like the first few games of the year and then anything that happens after, we're like not thinking about it the same way. We're comparing it to what we saw first. But sequencing doesn't matter. Like It's all about the combined effort. And combined, Yastrzemski was up to a 107 weighted runs created plus on the season. So for all his struggles, he was actually overall producing at an above average rate. But to get to the point, he left this game with left oblique tightness. And in baseball, as you know, you really need your oblique, right? It's that muscle in your side, like right above your hip. And when that thing gets irritated and tight, that is a real problem. Like the thing is you have to completely make sure that it's healed before you even think about swinging a bat again because those things linger and they have to be 100% gone before you can swing competitively again like you can't these things are serious and so like he it could be a month before he comes back you know that's me a little bit freaking out but it is the reality I don't know the exact timeline but I do know you have to be really really careful with this injury so it's unfortunate timing for him given that he went through these struggles for three weeks and was finally seeming to come out of it. And it's unfortunate news for the team as a whole because he is arguably their most important player. And so I'm really bummed about this because he's going to be hard to replace. Like the Giants' depth is going to be tested in a major way. And we mentioned that the second thing we learned was about all these injuries and that the Giants depth would be tested. But I'm going to have to say it's the second thing is about Yastrzemski specifically. And the third thing is about the rest of these guys, because we still have a lot to talk about. We got to talk about who's going to come back and who's not from all those infielders who has come onto the roster to replace somebody. And also what the other roster moves might be if a Mike Yastrzemski has to go on the IL for an extended period of time. So coming up next, we'll get into that. We'll talk about Jason Vossler being added to the roster. I think a lot of people are probably excited about that. But then who else might be added with the Giants dealing with so many injuries? They're going to have to make some moves probably. But first, I want to tell you about the delicious tasting Built Bar. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and nut-free flavors. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. It is amazing that the Built Bar really tastes like a candy bar, but what astonished me as someone who doesn't like to eat a lot of sugar is just how low in sugar these Built Bars are, especially considering the taste. So they're great for a health-conscious person. Just looking through some of the nutrition facts, they're all high in protein. We're talking 17, 18, 19 grams of protein, and low in sugar. We're talking 
four or five grams of sugar. And they're low in calories as well. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, as promised, we're going to get into the rest of these injuries plaguing the Giants. Hasn't really come out to hurt them yet. They have displayed the depth that they have in this series against the Marlins, but losing Yastrzemski could be you know, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. I don't want to say they're going to fall apart, but it's going to look like a different team if you're missing Yastrzemski, Longoria, Crawford, Belt, Solano. That's a lot of guys. And also there was a bullpen injury. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. But man, the Giants are a little bit banged up right now. It's I can't wait for the update today. Unfortunately, it's going to come later, so we can't talk about it right now, but we'll update you tomorrow. But from Gabe Kapler, I would expect updates on all of these guys. And then I would look in tonight's lineup to see is specifically Evan Longoria in there. With the lefty starter on the mound, they could easily justify continuing to give rest to Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt. But Longoria, his whole deal is like crushing left-handed pitching. So when you've got a lefty starter on the mound, you really want him in there, especially because he also provides the added benefit of playing really good third base defense. So I think Longoria came out to pinch hit either on Sunday or on Saturday, didn't end up getting into the game, but that's a good sign. So his issue is left hamstring tightness. So you would think he could possibly just go out there and not run 100%, like just be under orders to only run at 50% speed. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully Belton Crawford are okay. As I said, the guy I'm most worried about is Yastrzemski. So if they have to put Yastrzemski on the IL, that would probably mean they add an outfielder to the roster. And that's where people are going to start thinking about Elliot Ramos. I personally do not think they're just going to call up Elliot Ramos at this point in time. But it is like one of those moves that they could make and surprise a lot of people. I'm not going to say that to get anyone's hopes up. But it is just a possibility. I don't know the status of Lamont Wade Jr. He also went on the injured list a few weeks ago with an oblique injury. So, like I said, oblique injuries can linger. So, he's been on the IL for at least a couple of weeks here. More like three, even. And we haven't heard anything about him. But he would make a lot of logical sense if Yastrzemski has to go down. But the thing is, the Giants are so versatile, and they do have a lot of depth, that there's like so many different directions they could go. I want to point to the fact that um, Mauricio Dubon has been playing shortstop in Crawford's absence. And he's done a darn good job. He's played a good shortstop. So he's a good defensive center fielder, and he's providing you at least solid defense right now at short. So that's that has a lot of value. 
And for what it's worth, he's also coming around at the plate a little bit lately. But the other thing they could do if like Yastrzemski goes on the IL, which I unfortunately expect that he will, they could put Dubone in center and put Slater in right, especially with a righty starter or a lefty starter on the mound tonight. That would be contingent upon Crawford being able to play shortstop tonight unless they want to make a roster move like calling up Tyro Estrada, who is on the 40-man roster. So they could call up Estrada, a right-handed hitter, to play shortstop tonight, put Dubone in center, and put Slater in right, and put Ruff in left. That actually makes a lot of logical sense. But as soon as there's a right-handed starter on the mound, that whole thing gets shaken up a bit. And you would hope Crawford could play short, Belt could play first, and then you would love Yastrzemski in the outfield as a lefty. You've got Dickerson in left, you'd like Yastrzemski in right, and then they've been going with Slater in center, even with right-handed starters. But if you can't have Yastrzemski out there, tells me you would want a left-handed outfielder. So that's like what Lamont Wade Jr. was here for. Maybe it would be Steven Duggar. That if Lamont Wade Jr. can't go, Duggar makes a lot of sense. But maybe not tonight. Maybe tonight, Tyro Estrada makes sense. But tomorrow, Duggar makes sense. So there could be a lot of kind of flip-flopping. The thing is that once you send a guy down, they can't come back up for at least 10 days. So they might want to think more long-term as opposed to day-to-day. Because you can't just be flip-flopping Estrada and Duggar like every single day. Need to also point out that Jason Vossler was added to this roster. So they do have a lefty infielder who can play third, who can play second and first, he comes up and then immediately there's a couple of lefties on the mound. So he hasn't started and then there will be a lefty tonight. But as soon as there's a righty, he could start in the place of anybody. Like he could start for belt, he could start at second and they could put La Stella at third or he could start at third and La Stella could play second. To get him onto the roster, the Giants put... Harleen Garcia on the 10-day injured list with a left groin strain. So I don't know if that's really bothering him or if they just kind of use the IL there to make a move. But the point is, it's pretty clear the Giants are versatile and they're deep. That depth will be tested. Again, I think Duggar or Lamont Wade Jr. makes a lot of sense or Tyro Estrada. They're going to tend to go with guys already on the 40-man roster and those guys are already on there. So Look out for those moves. Tomorrow, that'll be a major focus of ours, talking about any roster moves that get made, which I expect at least one, you know, an IL move with a corresponding add to the Major League roster. I expect that to probably happen today, unfortunately. So that is all the time we have for today. We'll also, of course, be talking about tonight's game. Anthony DiSclafani on the mound for the Giants. Rockies coming into town for a three-game series. Like I said, it'll be the lefty Austin Gomber. So look for that righty lineup, Ruff, Slater, Dubone, Flores. Flores had to, was feeling ill yesterday and got IV fluid. So look out to see if he's in the lineup able to go tonight. So like I said, we'll have that episode for you tomorrow. We are a daily show. You can follow me on Twitter, and you really should, at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out tremendously. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. So until then, we'll see you next time.